Welcome to the MomCo Leader Podcast. We believe that life and leadership are better in community. So we're here to equip and encourage you as a leader, mom, and child of God. We'll talk about real issues and practical tools to help you grow, use your gifts, and impact others for good. I'm Jennifer Iverson, your host for today. We know as leaders and as moms, we cannot do everything. We weren't designed to do everything by ourselves. We were created to live in community, a community that supports each other. But as a mom and a leader, there are still times when we need to be the ones to take charge. This requires some form of delegation. But anyone who has ever asked another person to load the dishwasher knows that delegating is not always easy. So today, we invited Stacy Morgan to share her expertise on how and why delegation is so valuable to you as a leader and a mom. Stacy is on staff with the MomCo as an executive leadership coach and she leads our military and online meetups. Mom co-member for over 20 years, she is also a published author and a proud military spouse. She is currently living on an island in the middle of the Marshall Islands with her husband and four kids, and you can learn more about Stacy at our website, stacymorgan2000.com, which we will put in the notes. Welcome, Stacy. Thank you. Excited to be here. Um, okay, I um, read your bio and I skipped one very important part, and that is the name of your island, because every time I try to pronounce it, I end up sounding absolutely ridiculous. What particular island do you live on in the market? It is a unique combination of letters that most of us don't see in that order. It's pronounced Kwajalein or Kwajalein, depending right. on, you know how you feel right. that day. Uh, yes. Quaj is what we call it here. Everybody here says I live on Quaj and we are in the middle of nowhere, but you know, the internet gets everywhere. So here I, we are. That there are many things about technology that drive me absolutely batty, but this is one of the things that I love is that we are tens of thousands of miles away from each other. And yet we get to talk to each other face to face. So that's I, right. I love it. Yes. And I do tell my friends, oh, my friend Stacy, she lives on Quaj. Like it's some fancy place that I can talk about. And it's only because I can't pronounce the whole long name. That's right. And we are in time zone one. So I'm in tomorrow. So, uh, you know, awesome I can crazy. see the future, which is amazing. <laughs> so, you know, so you can tell me really that when my child gets home and I need them to unload the dishwasher, it is probably it's not, not going to go well. I'm ba bad news. It's not going to go well. I know. We just know that, don't we? We just know that. Well, I appreciate you coming to talk with us about this idea of delegating. I think it's something that we as moms and leaders all know, like it should be part of life or it it could be part of life, but it's hard. So it's super hard. It's and you're right. It's hard as a mom. It's hard as a woman. It's hard as a leader. And we know that we should do it in our heads, but somehow right. it very rarely makes its way out to our mouths and our hands. 
Um, because well, for a lot of reasons, I think that's what we're going to talk about. Why is it so hard? And then how can we kind of get through that and start doing it? Yeah. Okay. Well, start us there. Why, okay. why is it so hard? Well, I think the first thing you have to kind of come to grips with, with yourself internally is it's not that you can't do those things, right? Because it's easy to to ask people to do things that you you can't do, right? Like I cannot do a cartwheel. I'm never going to be able to do a cartwheel. If I could delegate out cartwheels, that would not be a problem. Right. Um, it's it's that we, you know, often moms, we are, we are high capacity. We can do those things. So it's not about whether you have the ability to do it. It's about whether you should be doing it, right? If it's the best use of your time, your skill set. Um, so it's really like first you have to kind of make that step. Like it's not about whether I can do it. It's about whether I should be doing it. So why is it hard? I think the first thing is because it's hard to delegate things out because we're afraid of what will happen if someone else does it, right? Either it's not going to be done the way we want. Um, is it going to get done at all? Um yeah. And, uh, you know, what, what if they screw it up, right? At home, it could be as simple as like, well, what if they put things in the wrong drawers and I never find my favorite spoon ever again? Right. Um, on the work side, it could be like, well, what if this isn't a, you know, what if they put out the wrong information? What if it's not the right color? What if they go over budget, right? And so what leaders will tell me as their executive leadership coach is like, well, it was just, it felt like it was faster and easier if I just did it. Yeah. And, and that's, it's true. That is true. <laughs> However, it took time and energy that you as a leader really, you know, that's not how you should be spending your time. Um, and then the second reason I think that it's really hard is our own pride. I think whether this happens even like in, in the mom world, you know, what does it say about me as a mom, if I'm not fill in the blank, right? I have the perfect example of this lately. I, um, I heard my, my husband tell someone that I don't like to cook. Okay. Now I don't love cooking, but it's actually not. I clarified with him later. I was like, Hey, I heard of course you did. that. And I was like, it's not that I don't like to cook. It's that I realized like when I sat and thought about it, that the part of the process I really don't like is the looking for the recipes and like figuring out what I'm going to make. The making is not the problem. It's the, yeah. it's the figuring it out in the beginning. And we always have, um, we have dinner with these, these great friends and neighbors and she always makes these amazing meals. And then I kind of sit there feeling like, oh my gosh, why can't I make meals like this? And of course you ask, well, where did you like, where did this recipe come from? And she's like, oh, I saw it on TikTok. Oh, I saw it on this one. And it dawned on me that like this friend of mine is really good at finding recipes. Like her, her life is different than mine. Her schedule is different than mine. And she has margin in her life to find and like, look for these recipes that I just don't have. So finally last week I delegated it to her. I, I we were having coffee and I said, Hey, I need, I need to ask you for a favor. Every time we eat over here, you have these amazing things. Like, and I, I know that I'm capable of also making these things. I just don't have time to find these, these easy, like really great recipes that you do would you do me a favor? And when you find one, would you forward it to me? Yeah. Like, and she was like, yeah, absolutely. So in a sense, I delegated that out, but I will tell you my pride. I was like a little sweaty asking her initially, because it was like, what does this say about me as a mom or as a woman, whatever, if I can't find my own recipes, as silly as that sounds right. But that's like the, what, what goes through our heads. And on the leader side, it's like, well, what does it say about me as a leader? If I'm not the one 
pushing out every Facebook post, if I'm not the one with the microphone at every meeting, if I'm not the one telling people to do this or organizing this or like doing this, 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 and this, well, usually it actually means very little if you don't (laughs) don't do it. Right. Um, But our pride says you need to do it all or people will think you're a bad leader or a bad mom or a bad wife or a bad friend. And the reality is that's that's just not true because you only have so much time and energy in your life. And so it's, again, it's not about whether you can do it. I can go out there and find all those recipes or do every little task for everybody on my leadership team. But the question is whether I should be doing that yeah. because as I have to prioritize my time given the limited resources I have in time and energy. So it's about being smart with the time you have and in order to be smart and the most effective mom, friend, leader, neighbor, daughter, all the things, we have to prioritize things. And some of those things need to be delegated off to other people who are happy to help you. Yeah, I think both fear and pride are are symptoms of uh, wanting control of something. Yeah. And again, um, you're afraid that it's going to get messed up. So I have to stay in control so I can... I can micromanage every little thing so we don't have a a mistake when really the mistakes are how we all learned. Right. That's right. And, you know, I think for me, it's easy to see in my motherhood. It's hard sometimes to see in my leadership. Like I know if I am going to do my laundry for my kids until they are, you know, 20 years old and leaving my house, my children are going to leave and be like, uh, how do I put clothes in the washing machine? So like I can see I have to give up that control, delegate their laundry to them, teach them how to do it, let go of it more and not um, not be there to rescue them. But when it comes right. to leadership, we almost forget that our goal is to really train the people that we're leading so that someday down the road, we don't have to do anything. We could step out and know that whatever it is we're leading, an organization, uh, a local mom code group, the PTA, that it does not die when you walk away because you have trained people how to keep it going. That's right. And that's an important key. I'm glad you brought that up is that, look, if you... (laughs) If you can't delegate for the sake of yourself, delegate for the sake of those that you are leading and working with, because it's it benefits both sides. Like um, no healthy organization is reliant on one person. And we see this all the time. I mean, you see this all the time in business, in nonprofits, and we certainly see it in in, in local Monco meetups. You know, the leader who's like, you know, she's taking it all on and then she gets the flu. Right. Or her kid gets sick or some or life happens and she has to move. And all of a sudden that group is in crisis because she thought she was being a great leader by holding on to all those things and not letting anyone else um, not just help her, but learn all those things. Like you said, learn those skills, learn those processes, learn how this operates. So now she's going to take all that knowledge with her. You know, crisis hits, all the knowledge leaves, and now the group uh, is in big trouble because none of those people were allowed the opportunity to develop. And that's a huge, you know, that is a a huge benefit to delegating. I I can say, um, great story about this. There there was a period in my life where I was leading a team of 16 people and life got very overwhelming. And I was not delegating as well as I should have 
But I reached this breaking point in my own life where I was like, oh my gosh, I have to give uh, some things up because I cannot manage all these things and be like a healthy <laughs> individual. Yeah. So um, I thought about it and I found this big task and, um, and we'll talk in a minute about how did I identify that big task to give away? Cause that's part of the, how we do this. And I contacted one of the people on my team and I was like, Hey, here's the deal. I'm, I'm drowning and I need you to take this from me. And I thought that she was doing me a favor, right? That's how kind of I viewed it. Like, uh, right. like I need her help. And I'm like, Oh, right. this is so uncomfortable. Um, well, she later, like she, she took it and she ran with it and it was the best decision I ever made. And it was interesting because I saw her change when she had that responsibility. Yeah. And so here, I thought she's helping me, but I give her this responsibility just because I can't handle it. And she just blooms in that. And when it was all said and done, she came back to me probably a year later. And she said, I'll never forget when you gave me that task and said, I trust you to do it. It was so meaningful to me. It was a turning point in my, like, not just leadership, but just kind of like her own, like, life, right? To have sure. this, that she felt so trusted by me that I gave her this big responsibility. Confidence. And honestly, yeah, I only did it because I was overwhelmed. Right. <laughs> you know, I wish I could say that I had some master plan. But um, but that was like, oh my gosh, I, I had forgotten about the other side of the equation, which is how it positively affects the people that you delegate these tasks to when you say, I trust you to handle this. Yeah. You know, this is important to me, but I'm giving it to you and I trust you to do it. That is incredibly impactful. Um, a real gift that you as a leader can give members of your team. Yeah. We as women, I think we view it as not necessarily like a martyr, but like we we think that we're we're helping somebody. Yes. By, right. Oh, oh, I'm gonna help you. Don't worry. I'll take I'll take this on. Right. And and you, I don't want you to be put out. I don't want you to be overwhelmed. And in a sense, just like you said, we're really robbing them of the opportunity to grow, to have confidence, to learn new skills that they can do. We, yeah. So it's not an intentional thing. I don't walk into something going, I am going to control every aspect of this, whatever it is I'm doing. I don't go into right. that mindset, but that really is the result of what we're doing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So we know it's hard. We recognize that we may be afraid of um, some failure happening, which honestly, let me just say side note here, unless this is my mantra lately, unless it involves death or jail time, it's not a failure that can't be learned from, you know? Like that's right. And and it's probably not a permanent decision, right? You right. can always you right. can always delegate it to someone else or take it back, right? Like, I mean, nothing right. is permanent. This is not brain surgery exactly. or a life or death situation normally. Right. Exactly. Brain surgery. Yes. I want the surgeon in complete control at all the time. That's Please right. Not let's not delegate let's not delegate that out. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So we know it's something we should be doing. Um, how, how do we, how do we overcome maybe some of the, the fear and the pride and, and what are some of the steps that we can take to say, okay, I've, I've got to figure out what to delegate and when and who and all the things. Yes. Okay. So first step, let's, 
figure out what we're responsible for, right? What are these things that we are doing that are overwhelming us? And this is going to take, like, this takes some intentionality, whether it's your mom responsibilities or your leader responsibilities to sit down and say, okay, what what are these tasks that I'm doing? And you literally write them down. Um, Because sometimes you don't even realize the things, all the things that you're doing that um, until you write them all down in a list form, you know, this is especially true in leadership. You think, well, I'm just leading, right? Well, that, what does that mean? Right? The reality is you're doing a hundred tasks, some big, some small. And when you start writing them down, um, it helps you see things clearly maybe for the first time. And when you start writing down these things, you can start asking yourself, like, first off, is this task, is this really my responsibility? Right. Is this task actually someone else's responsibility? And I should never have been doing it. Right. Like, so if you've got someone who does publicity for you, then why are you making the Facebook posts? Right. Like, why are you posting those? Right. That's not your responsibility. So right off the bat, we start listing things out. We look for things that are not our responsibility. Then we look for things that are outside our lane of expertise. Right. Like we all have strengths and weaknesses. And so if there's something that, um, you know, you're not great at. Now there's always room for growth, but the problem is that in that growth period, things take longer, honestly, and maybe are more stressful than they need to be because you're just not great at it. Right. Well, if you have somebody on your team who is great at it, give it to them. Like you can kind of, kind of like, you can learn on your own time, right? <laughs> but like what, yeah. when you're when, like, let this person do the thing that you ask them to do because they're so good at it. Right. And uh, so if it's not your expertise level, let's give it to somebody who's better at it than you. This takes a level of humility as well. Like, well, it has it needs to have my name on it. No, it doesn't. Right. Like if that person is better at writing, if that person is better at designing, if that person is better at organizing events, let them do it because that's what they're good at. Let them let them, you know, use their skills and really shine. There's plenty of other places where you will be using your skills. Yeah, um, and you can I think, learn. Yeah, I love how you said that. You can learn alongside them in that, but don't make it your responsibility to That's do right. it. That's mm-hmm. um, right. I think you also, when you list those things out, you start to recognize, hmm, this is one task on my list, and yet it is taking up a huge portion of my time, a mm-hmm. disproportionate amount of my time or mental energy. And that's usually a sign. Like if you know, this is taking me twice as long as it should. That's usually like a little red flag. Maybe it's because it's not your area of expertise. Someone else should be doing it. Maybe it's way too much down in the weeds for what you should be doing kind of as more of an overseeing, you know, kind of executive leader. Um, Your time is your most valuable resource. So if that is taking up a lot of your time, how can we have someone else do it for us? You know, I think about moms who... um, who have the the means and they choose, you know, they, they struggle with like, Hey, I'm spending all this time cleaning my house, but then they struggle with asking someone to help clean their house, like hiring someone to clean their house. Right. And they're like, it's not about resourcing. You know, I have the money. They just, they're like, what does it say about me as a mom? If I can't take care of my own house, right. The pride. Right. Um, Even asking the people in my house, like going out to pay somebody to come in and clean my house. There is an element of pride that I feel like, are they going to clean it correctly? Do Can I require time of them? I had this with my teenager the other day. I was like, oh, they, you know, they're at school for eight hours plus they've got sports afterwards and they're so tired. And then I was like, wait a minute, I worked 12 hours today. What am I saying? We should That's all right. be I mean, cleaning. <laughs> 
it's like those memes where it's like, well, I could buy this for $5 or I could make it myself in eight hours with $90 of supplies, right? Like you can do it, you can do it either way. And, and listen, you know, it's about time, right? It's about the season that you are in right now in life and time is your most valuable resource. So outsource these things that are taking huge pieces of your time. And then kind of as a subset of that is like, well, maybe you're like, well, I can't outsource this whole thing. Then outsource pieces of it. Like what are the sub pieces of that? Like, like you said, cleaning your house, right? Well, yeah, you're not going to have your 10 year old clean your entire house, right? Like, (laughs) but can they uh, clean up the things off the floor of their room? Yes. Can they empty the dishwasher? Yes. Can they, you know, I don't know, rake some leaves. I don't know, whatever it is, right? right? Like, are there subtasks that even if you just, you know, broke it into bite-sized pieces and outsource some of those bite-sized pieces, it, again, frees up time, reduces your stress. That's delegation. Like, that's smart delegation, taking the pieces. And, And that's true in leadership too. Like, yeah, there are a lot of things as a leader that you are going to need to do. There are big, massive tasks, but there are probably some subtasks in there that you could ask someone else to do for you and then give it to you to then do something with or yeah. take care of for you. And um, and it would significantly reduce that stress. Well, and sometimes it's not even asking a person. Sometimes it's a system. You know, you mentioned earlier about posting on social media. Like there are there are programs that allow you to plug it in and and plan it so that it posts right. on certain days. So even that to some sense is some delegation. Like if I don't have somebody that can do that for me, but it's taking up a lot of my time, I can say, okay, I'm going to use this program and I'm going to put it all in there. And then I'm going to walk away and let the system do its thing. So right. sometimes I it's mean, a person, we, yes. sometimes it's a, it's a program. It's smart using of the resources you have, whether that's money, whether that's expertise, whether that's the curriculum we push out, right? Like what kind of leader, what is it? What kind of leader am I if I don't create the full agenda for my every meeting, Ah. you know, from start to finish, you know what? It makes you not a smart use of your time leader, right? Like it makes you smarter. Like let's work smarter, not harder. It doesn't make you less than in any category. It actually makes you wiser to be using the resources. Do not reinvent the wheel outsource. And sometimes, like you said, sometimes outsourcing is to a person and sometimes it's to a resource that is available to you to plug into that has already done half the work for you. Yeah. That's a great example too. Um, And I think, you know, when we talk about thinking about the future person, I think if you have somebody that is planning these massive meetings where every meeting is, um, you know, a ginormous event, when they get ready to move on and another leader comes in, they're going, the expectation is that I'm planning this massive event every time. And it's just unrealistic for most. That's right. So use your resources. That's a great, great tip. Now, after, now after you identify, you know, this list of things and you kind of start thinking about this overwhelming list, like, oh my gosh, no wonder I'm so stressed. (laughs) All these things I'm responsible for. Well, now it's the time where you kind of look at that list and um, look, start small, right? Pick a task that um, somebody can easily do, right? Whether that is like on the leadership side, maybe that's like we said, somebody who, um, well, here's a perfect example. On the teams that I lead, I have someone else track everybody's birthday, right? Oh. Like, and, you know, oh, like it's a small task. secrets. <laughs> 
<laughs> giving away my secrets, right? Listen, yep. it's not, do, does it mean that I don't care about my team? Of course not. Of course I care about their team, but that is an easy task that I can delegate out to someone on my team. Hey, track everybody's birthday and put, you know, put in our Facebook group or our group threads or whatever, like happy birthday, whatever. And I can jump in on that. Does right. it mean I don't care about them? Of course not. But it's a smart way to delegate my time, right? Like that's that's frees up time that I can do. So start start small um, because I get it. It's going to be very hard to delegate out a massive responsibility if you struggle with delegation. So start small and you start to, you know, it's like a habit, right? You start to start with small, start with things that, you know, are easier to give away. And then build on that. Start with emptying the dishwasher, right? Ask somebody to empty the dishwasher. Ask somebody to wipe down their bathroom counter for you. Um, uh, and then build thing from there. Too. I think it actually, um, sometimes it evokes a physical response. Like you mentioned, you got a little sweaty. I had to ask somebody the other day to vac a room. And it was not a child that I was asking. To vac. <laughs> it was another adult, not my spouse. Like this was in a different setting than my, my family. And it was this weird sense inside of me. Like, I just asked them to vac a room. Like, am I treating them? Like, like everything in my brain is like, don't ask somebody to do something you aren't willing to do yourself. And I'm like, well, I am willing to vac the room. Right. I just don't have time and the room needs to be vacuumed. And so I asked this other capable adult to do it. And now here I am feeling like, oh my word, I'm a horrible person. No. Right. No, you're just smart. You're just, you're, you're, you took an honest look at all the things I had to get done. And you delegated out the things that didn't have to be done by you. Like, yeah. and that's just, that's just wise. I mean, because the reality is I think that people need to remember about delegation is it doesn't mean it's, sometimes, sometimes it does, but most of the time it does not mean that it's just gone and you never see that again. Right. People think like, well, I'm going to delegate it out. And then like that person, not, like, I don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to screw it up? Are they going to break something? Are they going to embarrass me because I'm the leader and it's all going to come back to me, whatever. Listen, doesn't mean that you don't have oversight if it's a big thing, right? Like right. it doesn't mean they're not accountable to to do the do a good job. You know, it's like when we ask our kid to clean up their room. Like, I don't need to stand there and micromanage it, but am I gonna go in and check to make sure they did it and that they did right. it right? Of course just I am. Left like it all under the bed. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But that's the difference between a 30-second walk-in, check, approve, and leave versus me taking 30 minutes to clean it up myself. Right. right. Like right. that's smart. That's smart leadership. That's using my, my time, my time. Well, so sometimes it can be like, Hey, um, well, I think about leadership teams who spend, uh, inordinate amount of time discussing amongst the team, like what social events they should do or what movie they should watch at movie night or what color the centerpieces should be, or like all these things. And it's like, listen, you have a team, you told them, you trust them, you gave them responsibilities doesn't mean you don't have oversight, but let's say you want to do a fundraiser, right? Do we like, do you want to know and have some approval maybe on what fundraiser you do? Absolutely. But do you need to be the one who goes and researches it and gets down into the weeds and no. no, of course not. So you go to your person and you say, Hey, listen, can you come up with two or three options, like research two to three options and then bring them back to me and we'll discuss it together. And now you as the leader are making a choice between two options instead of a million options in the world that have a million variables. Exactly. Like that's smart delegation still allows you to provide oversight, guidance, clear expectations and final decision authority. But um, 
but gives that person the trust and authority to like do their bit and then come back to you. So that that's key too. It doesn't mean you're just gone forever. It just means you're going to be smarter about the time. Um, but I really you know, we have to the example of asking somebody to go do the research and bring it back to you on a couple. That's right. Weeks. I think that's a great way to say, I need to figure out how to do this. I'm not quite sure what would be the best option. Can you give me two or three options? Because that really, yes. we get paralyzed and spend a lot of time with a vast number of options of things. That's right. And this is where you tap into the expertise of your teammates, right? And this is true in business. This is true in the military. This is true in the nonprofit world. You have people who have offered to help or being paid to help. <laughs> like this is their job, right? And and they may actually know more about this than you do, right? So um, in the military, we call this, bring me your the courses of action. Give me, give me two or three courses of action. And so what those teams do is they go out, they do the research, they do the grunt work, they think through the what's the worst case scenarios, what's the what's the expected outcome, what what are all the risks and you know pros and cons or whatever, and then they bring the commander three courses of action and they say here are the three courses of action we believe that um, you can choose. So you know it's not a million things. We've we've sub summarized these for you, and now you as the leader can make that decision. You can ask us questions. We can clarify things. We can dig deeper on this if you want us to, but they've carried the ball to the 75 yard line. Right. And wow. now you only have to go the last 25. Like, and that's that again, that's wise use of your time because you've got other balls to juggle and you need to stay out of the weeds. This is utilize your team and lean into their expertise and their willingness to, to help and work for you. Um, I think on the, our side as the leader, if you're, the key is that as you give clear expectations and clear guidelines, then you can, you know, they're what they bring back to you and what they're going to do and how they do that job that you've asked them to do are, is going to be so much better. Same with our kids, right? You can't just be like, clean your room. Like, because we know that our definition of clean is probably not our kid's definition of clean, right? So a smart mom knows like, you have to be like, I need your clothes in your drawer. I need the dirty clothes in the hamper. I want you to dust the top of your dresser and I want you to make your bed. Like yeah. now we've given the child clear guidelines, clear expectations. So when I show up and the bed isn't made, I'm like, oh, well, remember I told you we needed to make the bed instead of this vague, like, well, it is clean. right? can all hear our kids saying that. I think yeah. your example of fundraising is great too. Like there are, there are millions of fundraising opportunities, yes. right? But if you as a leader say, hey, I need some fundraising opportunities. And the one thing that we hear from moms is they don't want things to sell. They want right. like food or they want, you know, whatever your guidelines are. If you can say to them, hey, I need two to three good fundraisers that are going to net us like a 30% you know, we need to make about this much money and we don't want something that's going to require a ton of work for our our moms to do or, you know, whatever group you're participating in. And um, yeah. that gives the boundaries of what they're looking for. It's like the filters right. when you're doing a search. And so anything that you're doing, if you can lay out these, this is the direction that we need to go. Um, it just gives, it's kind to the person that you're asking to do something so that they can provide you with the best options. That's right. And you got to put a date on it. You know, Hey, I need these options by this time. I need this done by this 
day or time. I need it to be under this budget amount, right? We got to give clear, you know, good guardrails for that. And I think the best delegation on the leadership side is when you can say to someone using this fundraising example, hey, I need two to three, you know, given those guidelines, fundraising things. And you know what? You you have full freedom to create a team to help you do this. Yeah. Um, and because now again, it's not on you to go and like create this team for them and help them find those ideas. Like you give them the freedom. You say, I trust you. I fully trust you to go out and not only find this information, but if you believe that it would be better if you could get a couple more brains involved in doing that, go for it. Right. And it expands your network, right? It expands the web of people that you have helping. It draws those people in to um, contribute and, and feel leadership for the first time, right? Like it's, we're, we should always be looking for ways to expand our reach in bringing people into what we're doing so they are an active participant and not just an observer and like, you know, um, consumer of what we are doing in our groups. So, um, you know, when that's when we get in trouble, when people start feeling like they're just consuming what we're providing and then then we feel the strain to keep providing this service as if we're like a restaurant or something, right? right. And when we want, we want everyone in that room to feel that they are an active participant in what's happening in here. And the way you do that is by delegating out tasks and then giving the person, you know, that you've delegated that task to, hey, feel free to go out and find five more people to help you with that. Like, go for it. You don't need my permission. You don't have to give me the list of 10 people that you might vet, blah, blah, blah. blah. I don't know, whatever. You don't have to just do it. I trust you. Just, just go do that. And that's the amazing thing when things start to compound and things start to snowball, it really gets exciting because I get it. Can you help set up the chairs before the meeting? Like I, I got to, you know, do these other things and, you know, feel free to build a team that helps you do the setup. Right. Go feel free it. to grab a few other people to help you. That's right. Ask your friends, ask this person, and then they do it, you know? And so yeah. it, those delegation skills roll downhill. Yeah, absolutely. And I think part of that too is um, gratitude, you know, that you can come back and say, thank you. Thank you for doing this. Not just, yeah. you know, oh, good. They did it. I told them to do it. They did the job I told them to do, you know, good. Check the box. But to be able to come back and say, you know, thank you for setting up the chairs. Thank you for coming up with those great um, yeah. fundraising ideas. It, you know, it builds them up as an individual and um, their confidence and their skills um, but I think gratitude goes a long way in, in not only in recognizing, um, what they did, but it also somehow strengthens my ability to say, I can ask for help again, because the gratitude that I had for this person doing it triggers something in me going, oh no, that was good. That was good. It wasn't, I'm a bad mom or I'm a bad leader because I had to ask for help on something. It was actually really helpful and a really good experience. Yeah. And I'm smart for asking for help. I mean, delegating requires. This is why I all- need you as a friend. I'm smart. <laughs> I ask for help. I am smart. Yeah, it's not, it's not, I mean, it really, it's about changing your perspective on it, right? It's not weakness to ask other people for help. It's smart. I'm yeah. smart. Like I'm clever, right? Like why should I do what my friend does 10 times better than me and has the margin for that I don't have. seems to me that's, that would be crazy of me not to ask her for help. Like, and you know, look, if you need a little pride buildup to make you do it, I always, whenever there's something I don't do well, like when I was 
telling my husband that I had outsourced my oh. recipe searching. I was like, listen, I can't do everything perfectly in the world. Like if I had every skill, I would have taken over the universe by now. And nobody wants that. Right. So I have to yeah. delegate it out. I have to share the power, you know, I mean, whatever you need to kind of get yourself <laughs> over the hump. Over and the hump. For help. I love it. But it keeps, you know, it keeps you humble, right? Because we know, I mean, if you look across all industries, churches, non everywhere in the world, the most effective leaders, they're confident because they're humble. Yeah. They, they don't, they don't equate their worth as a leader to the tasks they're getting done. They equate their worth as a leader with the people that they are investing in and the way that their team can function without them. Like that's the sign of a healthy leader that they, they don't have to hold the microphone because they don't have to prove they're in charge. Yeah. Everyone knows they're in charge because there's this healthy structure where they have, they have given away the responsibility for big things and they've shown their team that they trust them and that builds loyalty. It builds investment. And so the whole organization is strengthened instead of being like this house of cards dependent on this one person holding it all together that, you know, that that's not a recipe for success. So we want, you know, who doesn't want to be a beloved, you know, leader who is confident and doesn't have to constantly be striving, right? We, we don't, that's not a healthy leader. Um, the healthy leader knows that they can sit and enjoy themselves in the group setting. They can fully engage. They can be vulnerable. Um, they can be humble and, and still be an amazing leader. In fact, be a better leader for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, when I was a coordinator of a mom co group, one of my proudest moments to bring this back to a, a pride issue that we talked about at the beginning. This was a good pride issue. I um, had a death in the family and I couldn't be at a meeting. And to hear that the meeting went on just fine without me was right. a little bit of a knock to my pride, but it also made me so proud of my team that was able to carry things out without me being there. It wasn't That's all right. dependent on me. It was about providing community for these moms and they knew how to do it and they did it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And if that's our own pride, right? Like our, like what, and that's, that's where the humility comes in big time. It takes so much humility to be an effective leader. Yeah. And it's painful sometimes when they, you know, like, I mean, and this is where God uses leadership in, in ways that people don't, people think, oh, well, God's going to use leadership. It's like, make me this bigger, better, more impactful leader. Well, often he does that by, you know, bringing us a heavy <laughs> dose of humility, right? Yep. Um, getting us comfortable with failure, getting comfortable with admitting we can't do it all, you know, um, letting us feel the stress when we don't give it away. And, um, and that's, it's like this kind of like breaking us down to build us back more like him. And that's, that's why leadership is such an impactful thing. Not because it makes you bigger, famous, blah, blah, blah. Everybody will know I'm in charge. Like, no, it actually makes you much more, uh, you're impactful because you're leading more like Jesus did. Humility, teamwork, you know, um, just like it, with love and caring about people and less about the timeline and more about connection. I love it. I love it, Stacey. Anything else um, you want our leaders to know? 
Listen, work smarter, not harder, right? You are not defined by the tasks you do. You are defined by the team you build. And that's connections, relationships, um, caring for your people. And you show you care and that you trust them by delegating out responsibilities. And, um, and your team will thank you for it. You are not a lazy leader by delegating. You are a smart leader. You are a wise leader who is being wise with her time and her limited resources and her mental capacity. And you will be a better leader when you delegate out because then it allows you to focus on what's most important. Awesome. Thank you, Stacey. I appreciate you. Thank you for being here and uh, for giving us, I call it that big sister energy. That's like, listen, this is the way it should be. Love it. Leaders, we know your time is valuable and we are proud of you for investing in yourself through listening in today. We know that when you invest in moms, you change the world. We believe in you and we're cheering for you.